Ah, 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 oh, hey, uh, hey, hey, everyone, hey, everyone, um, check, 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 okay, um, my hearing's coming back, uh, that ringing is either my ears or there's an alarm bell going off somewhere, uh, or, both. or both, hey, yeah, just to let you know, I have you on two-way with Farmer Dave, who is driving down the hills, uh, from the goat farm, you saw the laser, right? Yeah, I did. I've got, uh, I've got two. You may hear them, but I've got uh, Solomon and Sonia, my two little walking goats with me. All right. Hold on one second. I need to turn you up just a little bit, Dave. We haven't get, had a chance to really do a, a sound test. How, how, how's, how's that sound, Dave? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 hang on. Sorry. Yes. I squirrel around in front of the car. Sorry, everyone's ears. We're, 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 we're doing this on the fly right now. Okay, cool. I think I think the levels should be good, probably better than normally in the studio. Um, so yeah, what's what's going on on your side there, Dave? So so I'm I'm driving in. I, I'm in the jeep, and you can hear in the back uh, with Solomon and, and Sonya. I don't know if you can hear them. Yeah yeah no no I hear I hear the bleeding. Bleeding. Yeah they they just they're they're very agitated and they just jumped in and like I said these are these are my goats that can walk through walls. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I take them out, they, they walk right back in. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm heading towards, I'm actually heading towards the, uh, uh, your place. Okay. And, um, yeah, there was this huge, like, flash, like this transformer blue. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure it's the, the death ray. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, uh, what's the gentleman who uh, drives to the pie hole? Is it Javier? Yeah, yeah. I found his car just trashed by a chunk that fell off of, that, that like, blew off of the sphere before it, like, went over towards your neck of the woods. Oh, he spent so much time getting that all. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I looked inside. There wasn't anyone in there. So it just, yeah, no, they just trashed that car. That is a really, that's, like, the nicest car in Oleander. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, as you can hear behind me, we've got... I don't know how many score of goats uh, of of the uh, Angora variety the, in the graveyard. The, the Instagoats? Instagoats, yeah. Proto-goats, Instagoats. I don't know if we're calling them uh, this episode. But yeah, we've got that going on. Uh, I don't know if uh, you heard the broadcast earlier, but all the minions are gone. It's just like the death race, this big, weird, melted thing. And I've, I figure, hey, since the goats are in my yard... I've declared myself mayor just to try and get this stuff straightened out. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got some of the folks from... Oh, accidentally hit a guitar next to me. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I carry this thing on my back. Uh, got some folks from the VFW to start plowing uh, debris with the snow plows, uh, which we still have those snow plows. Chicago, come get your snow plows. Spokane, come get your snow plow. Portland. We're but not today. It. But not today. Uh, we're, 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 we're trying to get debris out of the streets and get everything back going. And yeah, no, we're still, we're still gas free. We don't have any of the poisonous cloud anymore. And it's just, it's weird, but it's, it's, it's still oleander somehow. I mean, we still have COVID-19 and uh, that weird smell that just kind of lingers, but yeah. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, it, it sounded, I mean, it, it looked to me, I, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of hard, like you're staring at this big giant light, but it, the, 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 the death laser hit the sphere, and it bounced up, and I think it's going to be coming down, but I don't know, it just like bounced up. Yeah, no, no, the, um, I was, I was out in the cemetery, the laser, uh, the futurist calls it the space laser, so I'm just, that's, I, I want to be accurate. The space laser was shooting up into space, and it hit the sphere, and this, it, it hit the sphere for quite some time. A chunk flew off, and then it kind of, like, looked like it blooped over, and then kind of, like, went down in an arc, kind of in your area. So I think that's, I think we saw the same thing. Oh, uh, yeah, and, um, okay, hey, uh, I'm, I'm heading back... But, but you know, I, I, I see something, though. I, I saw it in my rear, rear mirror, and you can hear the, the goats. They're really agitated. Yeah. 
but uh, um, okay, it looks like it looks like the sphere is coming back, and, and it, it's like this huge arc, and, and oh, it, 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 it hit the ground. Hey, are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, I, I'm I'm I am swerving around, um, and I am. I'm 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 heading back to the house. I, I want to see. I, it looks like it landed near somewhere near my house. Okay. Uh. All right. Um. I hope I hope I hope the goats are okay. I hope uh, your your neighbors are all right there. Uh. Let us know what's going on. Uh. Here's a quick commercial. Okay. Hey, oleanderians. Do you like uh food that you have to take home and heat up yourself because drive from the restaurant to your house is more than 10 minutes and your food got cold have we got a deal for you oblivions take home and bake home you pick up food from our bar restaurant you take it home and put it in your oven and heat it up that way the food only has to be heated once not twice we 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 cook it We, we we cook it the day before it's just like a regular restaurant we made the food beforehand, and then pretend that we're making it for you right then and there. You know how restaurants work, right? If, if someone actually, like, made all the food fresh for you, you'd, you'd be waiting, like, an hour and a half, two hours. But a prep cook does everything the day before, two days before, bad restaurants week before. Oblivions, we pass the savings on to you! All of our serving staff has been let go. Oh, geez, Oblivions. Nope, I'm not doing this ad for you. The Necrocasticon, where we blend horror and metal for your pleasure, and ours, with special guests from horror and metal, with host Smoke and Walt Ball, <laughs> Thomas R. Clark, Mr. Scott Reacts, you don't have to pay for it, which I think is ridiculous. Sergeant Fury Dan Roberts, and Uncle Skip Novak. Train, train! And where can you find the Necrocastican, Sergeant Fury? Wherever you get your fine-ass podcast. Mondays on Project Entertainment Network. All right, we're back, folks. Uh, how's, how, 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 how are things going out there, Dave? Well, you can see that the goats are agitated. Yeah. But, um, uh, but, but I, I drove by Bjorn and Stand and Sense, and, and they're out there. They're like doing their their uh, Norwegian Orthodox uh, repel evil dance. So they seem to be fine. Okay. Okay. And there, there's there's this weird glow coming out from you know where past the goats where I have my my three and a half years worth of compost collected yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. there seems to be a, a weird glowing uh it it um okay hey I, I i'm parking the car and my goats have just ran through my jeep and i'm i'm heading out there um okay so there, there's this bright yeah there's this bright color you know I, I I can't really explain what it is it's somewhere between I don't know fuchsia and say on I don't know it's just I, that's a color I've never seen before okay and it's um okay there looks like the sphere uh-huh. but it's much smaller it's it's about the size of a basketball, uh-huh. and it's just sitting on my collection of compost, um, glowing and humming, and yeah, uh, I seem, I mean, the compost is all over the place, but other than that, there doesn't seem to be any any damage. We're just gonna have to uh, keep paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'll do a little bit more. Um, fortunately, I have pre-taped uh, this week's interviews, so we do have a, a pre-giant uh, sphere coming down, being shot by space laser, aka death laser, and then 
falling in my house or my compost post story. But um, I mean, our interview, and it's with um, uh, with it's with um, KD Webster, who has been on the show before. All right. And he is going to talk about Marvel on Marvel Madness. Marvel Madness, Marvel March. Oh, March. Yeah, Marvel March. Uh, sorry, yeah, what, what, whatever. You know what? Next, next. How's insurance cover like flying space debris? Yeah, um, oh, I, I don't know if yeah, that falls know if under an act of whatever, but yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking maybe next year we should do a uh, Marvel Madness uh, bracket system where we figure out who's the best Marvel character. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go to that interview, everyone. And when we come back, uh, it will be probably about 20 minutes later. And Dave and I will both be in separate parts of the studio because, uh, you know, we got to put the tape into the broadcaster somehow. And uh, I got to take this audio tape that, uh, or audio recording that we're doing right now, like right now, right now, the one you're listening to, the thing that's coming out of my voice that you hear. Yes, this needs to be transferred too. So we'll figure that out. And then Dave and I will figure out something to talk about with the Marvel Universe. I don't know. Uh, Magic? Yeah, you know, it's probably a thing that I happen to have spare Geiger counters in my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we don't have any at the at, at the mayor's office or at my place next to the cemetery. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't even know where to get one, so uh, possibly you want, a one. You want to swing by? <laughs> well, uh, I, um, I, have, I have multiple Geiger counters. I, I picked them up at an estate auction. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, drop one by because you got to get to the studio to give me that tape. So. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll be back in a bit. All right. Some audio magic, and Dave will be with me in just a moment. Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Here, your host. Derek M. Cook and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. That is the Alfalfa Report. Wow. Who could believe after all these storms that we're getting so much alfalfa? But for you that may not be hay-minded, we've got a true fan, a friend of the show, and that is making his second appearance here is K.D. Webster. Uh, K.D., maybe if you'd like to catch up, you were uh, on our show, I believe, on our New Year's show, the first show of this year, um, what's going on in your life since then? Uh, hello, everyone, and yeah, it was the uh, the first part of uh, first part of the new year, and um, it was uh, truly an honor to uh, to be a part of the show. So, uh, thank you for having me on then, and thank you for having me on now. Um. And I would say, since that time, I have been bitten by the uh, the podcasting bug. Um, and I think I kind of hinted on the first show that I was on with you about me getting ready to start. And since then, I've had a couple of uh, episodes under my belt. And I gotta Congratulations. say- Congratulations. Well, thank you, thank you. And I gotta say, I really do enjoy it, truly. Yeah, yeah. There's very, very few people out there that do this for the money. I, we do, we do it 
for the love of the game. Yes, yes, I like that, definitely. Um, the, also, the name of my show is uh, Katie's Place. Um, it's basically the, uh, the podcast for the geek in you. So if there is a geek in you, if there is a nerd in you, then my podcast is the place for you. So, so Katie's Place is kind of like cheers for geeks? I like that. I like that. Yes, where everybody knows your name. <laughs> and everybody is uh everybody is welcome. My uh my intent is to have it kind of laid back where you can just uh plug in and kind of kick your shoes off and just listen to the latest and greatest when it comes to the fanboy culture. Well, that's excellent. And where can we find that if we want to listen to it? Um, well, it's on various uh, platforms. It's on uh, from Amazon to uh, Apple um, to Buzzsprout, uh, even Google. Um, just type in KD's Place, KD apostrophe S uh, Place, and it's gonna um, it's gonna pull up my episodes. Excellent, and I'm sure that DB will put some links here to the show. Yes, and I am excited to hear. I am excited to hear about that and talk about that. But I'm excited about our other topic today, and that is that this is March Marvel or Marvel March. I like that. That's catchy. Thank. Uh, we were commanded to do that by our nine-foot time-traveling uh, new mayor robot overlord. But uh, you know what? As decision, I mean, I'm not too excited about him telling us that we got to start rebuilding the death ray, but uh, <laughs> as, you know, as political decisions made by nine-foot time-traveling uh, robots, uh, March was going to be Marvel March. That's a pretty cool decision. I have to admit, I think he did it for PR. I'm definitely on board with it, definitely. So, let's... um. Um, what do you think about the new Disney Plus, especially um, WandaVision, and uh, the, the um, new uh, Falcon and uh, uh, Winter Soldier? For those of you who grew up in the 80s, I keep wanting to call it Falcon and Snowman after that spy <laughs> book, but, but the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, and WandaVision, what have you thought about that? Well, I... Uh... I'll be watching the um, the series premiere of the Falcon and the Snowman. See see what you did there? The yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'll be watching that this weekend. But I really enjoyed WandaVision. Um, I gotta admit, the, the first episode, it, it did throw me off. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. This is gonna be a comedy? But by the, the third episode, I'm like, okay, I see where they're going with this. And the the storytelling is very unique, right down to the commercials within the episodes. But I'm like, okay, I see where they're going. I like where their head is at. So overall, I'd say the series was pretty solid. It was, it was definitely worth it the making definitely absolutely and, and and i love it um and was it perfect yeah close but you know and, and i get that a lot of people wanted it to be more meta and mm -hmm. more of the comics but you know i thought it was a good balance i i agree it did have just that right that right touch to it now, the thing is, when it comes to comics, you're, you're not going to please everyone. You have to yeah. straddle that line between the comic book loyalists, the purists, and those that are not familiar with the, the comic books, you know, the, the, the ones between the pages, but they're only familiar with what they see on the big screen. Yeah, you know, and and you will have those debates. You will have that, you know, well, 
why are they doing this, that, and the other? And then you'll have this comic book loyalist saying, well, the reason why is because back in issue number 78 in 1982, they had to do this. You know, so finding that that fine line is always going to be a balancing act. Yeah, and and I think too the other thing that they're doing is is with the fact that it's coming up on a medium that it's pretty is on demand that people can watch it and rewatch it. You know, they don't have to. It's not like we were kids and we had to wait until eight o'clock on Thursday to watch the episode, and if we missed it, we you know we had to wait you know three months to see that part that we missed. They they're not episodic as much and I kind of miss that but these are really are eight hour movies that's true and there are pros and cons to the streaming format I mean on the one hand you do have the okay I'll see it when I when I can when I get to it when other when life issues aren't in the way but the yeah. downside to that is that you have to avoid the, the spoilers, you know, the, okay, don't tell me, I don't want to know. So you got to be careful, you know, avoiding Twitter or certain posts on Facebook, you know, and that's, that's pretty much what it was with me because a lot of people have been making comments on WandaVision on Twitter and I'm trying not to read them because I wasn't ready to watch WandaVision at that time because I wanted to have enough episodes built up so that I could, you know, just kind of start binge watching. Yeah. So once I did... You know, know, Facebook, Facebook, within two hours of release, they've got, you know, they got 20-minute videos on it covering, you know, like, you know covering the, the, all the whole series of films from it. I don't know how they produce them that fast. So, so kind of maybe jumping subjects though. Uh, I mean, what are what are, what are some of your favorite Marvel titles? Well, hands down, I have to say X Men. X Men is pretty much what I cut my teeth on as far as getting into the world of comics many, many, many moons ago. Um, and they have such a, a rich history and. Even though all are teammates, I'd say the original family are the ones that they treat each other, the, the original five are the ones that treat each other like family. And I've always liked that whole inter-team dynamic. And I guess what really made the X-Men my favorite were the 90s X-Men, the ones with, uh, or, I'm sorry, the 80s X-Men, the ones with uh, Chris Claremont. Claremont, that's, yeah. Yes, that's where I got. I kind of got into them with, and then when they had the whole relaunch of the X Men with Jim Lee, you know, doing the doing the pencils, it's like yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I'd say X Men first, but then a close second would be Daredevil. Okay. Yeah. For, I've always had this thing for the street-level heroes. I mean, yeah, you know, you got the the Avengers, you know, they fight the the save-the-world battles, and, you know, Fantastic Four deal with the cosmic-level threats. But give me somebody like Daredevil, because he fights for the common man. Exactly. And and to me, sometimes these, these street-level heroes are more relatable than the the, mm-hmm. the super powered ones the su- the ones that are really powered yeah yeah i agree i agree like like daredevil he's the type that he makes you believe that no matter the obstacle the only thing we have to fear is nothing exactly yeah yeah i i tell you um two of them that i really like is uh, I like the current Miss Marvel Kamala Khan because oh, yes. it it takes me into not her world but her world of being raised Muslim but also of I I really believe that this is what 
a teenage girl goes through in her life. You know, of course they add on the superpowers, but I, I love I love Kamala Khan and Kate Bishop. Now, I kind of, I read a few of the the Kate Bishop stories, and I like how it's layered and textured, and I like how it highlights her not just as a superhero, but as a human, as a relatable human. Absolutely, and I'm excited that she's going to be part of the Hawkeye series. Oh, yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Now I uh, it would I would like to see that's somebody I can actually see being on the silver screen, you know, in a yeah. in the tune of the street level heroes. I mean, if DC can put out a Green Arrow series and have it last for what six six seasons on the CW, why yeah, can't least, Marvel yeah. do something similar? Yeah. Yeah. No. I. 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 I would like to. I would like to. If you know, Rimmer retires, or if he doesn't, or just does movies, I would love to see more seasons of Hawkeye focusing on Kate. I. I can actually see that happening. I mean, the key for Marvel and turn more Disney in terms of. Uh, making them successful, uh, bringing the heroes onto the screen, is to have more of street level because, as we just mentioned, street level heroes are more relatable. I think yeah. that's why Netflix was so successful with Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist because yeah, of that. Definitely. that yeah, because of that dynamic, because of that, yeah, they're human. Yeah, they have this one superpower that, you know, puts them above everyone else. But at the end of the day, they walk the streets. They go to inside a bodega. They have, you know, everyday problems like everybody else. And, and they're part of an everyday community. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. They, they they walk down the same streets that we could very well walk down. Yeah. You know, so we kind of talked about what we think Marvel's doing right. Do you think Marvel's got any misses or maybe anything that you're worried about them going into an area that maybe isn't going to be as good? Uh, well, okay, so like the, the series that they put out, like... For example, Daredevil, um, when it was on Netflix, and even WandaVision, you know, on Disney Plus, they take so many episodes to set up a character. Um, and without giving too many spoilers away for those of you that haven't seen WandaVision, you know, it took what? Half the half the season for us to know who Monica Rambeau really truly is. Yeah. So and like when with uh, Daredevil, um, it took what to the the end of the first season for us to finally see him in his Daredevil uniform. Yeah. So if they could maybe shorten the buildup, because we as comic book lovers and comic book fans, we already know what we want to see. So let's bring that to the forefront already. But outside of that, I think that Marvel and Disney, I think they're pretty much on track. I think they're doing good. So I think in the last two years, Marvel sort of dropped the ball made one mistake to me and that was not on the t not on the video I didn't I was not particularly impressed with the way they handled Conan um, they tried to bring him into the Avengers and the, you know the, the Savage Avengers and, and they mm -hmm. had some of the Conan stuff that they did that was in the Hyporian time was mm -hmm. good uh, but you know 
I see. I I think that, and I get why they want it. And Conan's going to be big again. And I, I see another Conan movie, but you know, I think I think they should have let Dark Horse handle it. And what I'm concerned now is coming out soon, much later for me because I'm not getting to my comics until like every six months I go to the store and get this huge uh, bag. They're doing Alien, and Dark Horse did Alien comics in the 80s perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I just I get Disney taking over Star Wars. Yeah, but that had to happen. I mean, I get that. But you know, they're grabbing these other titles, these tangent titles that. You know, let, let the people who've been doing them so well for so long do it. Now that yeah. said, yeah, I'm going to still buy Aliens 1. <laughs> I, I guess I'm one of those that uh, it's the formula. If it ain't broke, don't try to fix it, you know. And I don't know, for me, like Conan, he's that that sword and brawn, that gritty type of anti-hero. I can't see him, you know, in a time slot of, say, WandaVision or Falcon and the Snowman. He just doesn't seem like he fits with the the Disney, uh, the Disney, in the Disney lane, the Disney Avenue. Same with Alien. Alien is about as horror-laden as you can get. And I just can't see them lighting it up for Disney, you know, to the level they would have to. I don't know. I just don't I just don't see it. Now of course like you I'm going to automatically be invested in it, you know, because hey, it's alien, period. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I've read like all of the, the the Dark Horse comics and the, all of the Dark Horse novelizations and spin-off books. And, and I just loved what they did with that universe. And then of course they just paved it over with uh, Alien 3, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> So, where do you think, uh, what do you think is going to happen to the MCU now within the post-COVID universe? Oh, I think that there's, I think they, they're seeing that, okay, people are home. So, people are going to want to be entertained more on a level than they did when, uh, before COVID, when they had outdoor activities so I feel like a lot of the streaming services like Disney like Marvel have been jumping onto this and now that they say hey this is what we have to offer I feel like even after COVID even in a post-COVID world now that we the people have seen what the what to want to be more invested. Yeah, of course, we're still going to enjoy going out and everything, but I feel like the MCU is going to now be a part of our everyday water cooler conversations. You know, yeah, I definitely, and, and, and I see that coming up to some way. I mean, you know, stuff that growing up was sort of niche or, you know, nerdish is now, you know, sort of mainstream. And I think you're right. I think it's going to go more towards streaming. As much as I love going to a movie theater and laughing and crying and experiencing something with 300 strangers, mm-hmm. you know, I I survived a year without going to movies. And, and I think, I don't, I don't know, I, I think that it is going to be even if movies do make enough comeback theater-wise, um, that that they're you know economically survivable, mm-hmm. I think the world's going to be the world of entertainment. I think is going to be streaming. Yes, yes, I I agree. I mean, even with the Warner Brothers decision to simultaneously uh, put their 
projects both in the theaters and on HBO, you know, and more people have been going to HBO uh, as opposed to going into the theaters. You know, Marvel has said, you know, hey, what's the what's the use in putting our stuff, you know, out there on say AMC when right now people just aren't ready yet. Even when they do start opening, you know, opening the world back up, people are still going to be a little bit gun shy. Like say, hey, you know, I still, is Jaws still in the water? Should I still, you know, can I just stay on the beach for a while before getting back in the water again? Exactly, and I see that a gradual theater is opening at 25% and then 50, you know, so. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a financial decision. Mm-hmm, yes, now, I got yes, a question yes. for you. Mm-hmm. Let's say Mr. Marvel, let's say they brought back Stan Lee or, or his replacement, and he comes up and says, hey, I like your style. I'm going to put you in charge any project, comic book, movie, TV, any Marvel project is yours. What would it be, and yeah, what, 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 what would you want? I would choose I would choose not so much as the X-Men, but I would choose a, a mutant a mutant inspired show. Like uh, like a while back there was this there was a show called Mutant X. And they didn't exactly say that they were an X-Men or Marvel property. But they did focus on mutant powers. And so that's what I would I would want to do. I would want to bring in, I would have like a group of established mutants, bring them together for some reason or another. But I would put it in a more realistic street level setting kind of like the the luke cage the the daredevil you know and less of an over the top save the world type of deal and i wouldn't want so much to save the world as just save the day and i would focus more on the into character uh interpersonal relationships and have them save the day, so to speak, as just like a, a side effect, an after effect of everything. If, if I had any project, it would be a Dr. Darcy Lewis and Agent Jimmy Woo travel America investigating X-Files type things. Oh, now that's intriguing. I mean, and that's yeah, really, I, I, and they, I'd have to have a heck of a staff write, writing staff because I'm not quite sure I'm I'm smart enough to pull that off alone, but I, <laughs> I would I'm really hoping that they go to that and they do a uh, a Jimmy Woo Doctor uh, Doctor Lewis series. I would not be surprised because those two were uh, breakout characters from one yeah. thing, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I have uh, Rambo kind of like the, the chief. Maybe she doesn't mm-hmm. appear except like a phone call in the morning saying, okay, I want you to go up with this. And maybe she shows up, you know, and saves the day once in a while with her powers. But And so, no, so just enough to add a bit of that uh, superheroism to it, but not enough that she is overshadowing the, the two main characters. Yeah, not enough. And then we won. Yeah, not not that. That's actually that's actually intriguing. Well, well, I'm hoping. At least if they don't contact me, at least they do something like that. Well, it has been a wonderful talking to you about such a marvelous topic, but now we have a new marvelous topic, and that is goats. So for the next two hours, we're going to talk about goats and is their scat healthy? I know it's just thrilling topics <laughs> from Marvel to goat scat, but we are nothing but excitement here at KZOM Radio Free Oleander. And KD, let's so before we jump into the hot topic of 
goat scat. Um, where can we get your uh, your podcast and your books? So you can uh, look for more information on me, my projects, and my podcast at kdwebster.com. Again, that's kdwebster.com. I'm also on Twitter at kdwebster4. That's kdwebster, the number four. And on Facebook, I'm very easy to find. Just put in KD Webster. Also, my... Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say my podcasts are on all the uh, main uh, podcasting platforms, Amazon, uh, Google, uh, Apple, Buzzsprout. Uh, Just put in KD's place, KD apostrophe S, uh, place and you'll pull me up in all my episodes excellent well thank you very much and we hope to have you here on a, sometime in the near future for the third time count me in anytime I'm there yeah, hey, g- g- great job thank you oh, I appreciate it do, do you hear that in the background the goats <laughs> yeah, I think that's the sheep. I think it's the, I'm HP's partner. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel's probably just gonna leave a man there, which is cool. But yeah, we got we have the babies in the living room, and somebody thinks he needs to be fed. Although I think he was fed an hour ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> duty calls. Duty calls. Yeah. When, when they're that age. It's everything good in puppies and kitties, you know. Oh. They grow up to be sneakers, but but yeah, there, there's two of them that are. One is the the son of my goat, and the other is my grand. Because I only out of all those goats, only one of them is really my goat. And so mm-hmm. the, the the son and then the grandson. And so I I take them up and they just curl up on my lap and fall asleep and we watch TV. That is so sweet and like a, a fatherly slash grandfatherly sort of way. Yeah. No, no, no this one. So, yeah, she, she that's Clyde. She was the world's most socialized goat. When we finally had, she got so big we had to put her outside. She would come into the windows and look in the windows and look for me. Oh, uh, I like that. Hey everyone, it's D&D on Marvel Madness, Marvel March. Yes, and, and real quickly, for all the people who are worried, background radiation is normal. Alright. Alright. Background radiation is nominal. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not quite sure what <laughs> unnormal uh, background radiation is, but if it exists, we have it here. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if 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 we're gonna find out one place that has abnormal background radiation, it's probably gonna end up being like the mayor's residence or something. But yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wait a minute. No, I, I, I'm just temporary mayor. I was like, wait a minute, do I get all the perks of being the mayor? And I'm like, no, because one of the perks of being the mayor is having a calm troller who, like, goes and gets you stuff. So I just have to go get my own stuff. That's, it's like... Yeah, that's good. But, you know, Binion probably out of a job. What's that? Binion is probably out of a job. You can hire him. Oh, uh, I don't know where Minion is due to the fact that all the Minions disappeared. We don't know where Minion is. Okay. Uh, un- un- unless he ran away and hid somewhere, uh, that, that, that Jack Stark is uh, currently gone with, uh, I think, 257 other citizens of Oleander who chose to be Minions for the Futurist this time. Yeah, that's about 10% of people that aren't familiar. That's about 10% of the town. Yeah, yeah, we technically got decimated. Yeah. 
Well, well, hopefully everyone's okay and whatever. I don't yeah. know. I... So, so if you happen to live in Clackamas County, please check your attics and cellars to see if there are citizens of Oleander hiding out after the giant uh, orb has landed. Um, they may be a little skittish. Just they're they're more afraid of you than you're afraid of them, and they they do respond usually to uh, M&Ms, Mars bars, and pools of water. <laughs> yes. Although there is one minion who uh, is just wearing a gray speedo who does uh, uh, respond to espresso. Yes. Oh wait a minute. That's that's two citizens of Oleander that have kind of gone missing. Yeah, so... Okay, well... Let's get priorities first. Let's talk about Marvel and then we'll go find... Alright, yes. Yeah, priorities. No, let's priorities. Okay, cool. So, Marvel magic. Uh, when, it, when it comes to the MCU, I'm, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy. I've, I've seen... I've, I've talked about it, how I've only seen uh, you know, a, a, uh, I'm gonna say 20... Five to forty percent of the current uh, Marvel movies. Um, at one point in time, I thought I was seeing Marvel movies, but people are like, "No, those are Sony movies." And I'm like, "Oh, what, what about those Hulk movies?" And they're like, "They they don't count." Well, they kind of count, but just it's a different Hulk. But the, yeah, okay. And I'm like, "All right, all right, okay, cool." And then I realized I missed all these like Captain America and Iron Man movies, and. Uh, uh, I, I did see most of Doctor Strange, I think, and I've watched WandaVision, but is there anyone else in the Marvel Universe who's a spell-slinger out there? Well, so, you know, uh, it, it's what Clark's Law, that any advanced civilization is indisputable for magic. So, the Asgardians, okay. they have, theirs is a science, but their science is so ahead of us. It's magic to us. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, okay. And now, and I realize that part of that is going to be, um, is now Apocrypha now, but on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we've seen at least one form of um, Ghost Rider. Oh, okay. As well as a different version of Darkhold, uh, the book Darkhold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've seen, of course, the teasers for Blade. You know, we've seen the, the, the they said, yes, we're doing a Blade a movie. I don't think they finished writing it. Mm-hmm. But they've got, they've got the photographs of what Blade's going to look like. Oh, cool. So, um, you know, and, and I'm not sure if they're going to do vampires as, you know, science and disease. Or if it's, I think they're going to probably do a magic sort of thing. Cool. Very cool. Because I was thinking about the DC universe, and I'm like, oh man, there's magic users left and right. Like, there's, there's like, you know, Superman is vulnerable to magic, as is Power Girl and Supergirl. Uh, huge, huge pow- uh, Power Girl. Or, uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Kryptonians are uh, vulnerable to magic. So there's a ton of magicians in the, in the DC universe. And I was like... Is there a lot of magicians in the Marvel Universe besides Scarlet Witch, uh, uh, Sorcerer Supreme, and everyone involved with uh, Doctor Strange? Have, have you seen the ad yet for uh, Falcon and the Snowman where he talks about the big three? I have not. I have not. So, so, he's, so um, Sam is explaining to Bucky, he says, yeah, I think it's one of the big three. Um, Aliens, androids, or wizards. And, and, and Bucky goes, there's no such thing as wizards. And, and Sam goes, and Sam goes, well, what about Doctor Strange? And he goes, that's a sorcerer, not a wizard. And then Sam goes, a sorcerer is just a wizard without a hat. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm so. I'm still excited about oh. Marvel What If, but yeah, no, I, I, that just popped into my head, and I had to say. It. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, things there. Um, there's another, and again, this is sort of tangent. Is it or is it not uh, part of the MCU? Mm-hmm. But 
season two, um, and even like season one of of Daredevil, mm-hmm. brought up the hand, and they oh. could use magic to resurrect. Yeah. And again, there's sort of this, well, maybe it's this sort of science, it's ancient herbs and chemicals, but it was in essence magic. And um, oriental. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and so, um, Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil, yeah. his, he is going to play at least Matt Murdock in the next Spider-Man movie. Huh. So they, they're, they're pretty much confirmed that he may not play Daredevil, but it's the same actor, you know, it's the same character, so we can sort of, in fact, uh, again, we can uh, tie it into there, mm-hmm. was um, the Immortal Iron Fist, where we've got dragons, you know, yeah. and, it, and it, it's, it's Ki or Chi or whatever they're calling it, but, you know, it's a form of magic. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, trying to think of anyone else. And I'm, like, just squeezing my brain in the Marvel Universe of, like, uh, that have been introduced in movies and, like, MCU. And then I'm just like, well, what about, like, comic books? And I just feel like, I feel like there was a lot of people who used magic. And I'm like, but it was mutant powers. Is like, explained, like, oh, yeah, no, it's not magic. It's just mutant powers. It's like... Or, or, or there's space wizards. There's space wizards, or it's mutant powers. <laughs> well, and, 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 and we kind of, they kind of reversed that sort of trend with WandaVision. Yeah. Saying, you know, she was, she was a witch all the time. She just didn't know it. So, you know, and we do have, um, you know, Agatha Harkness, who was very much in the comic books. Yeah. A, 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 uh, a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I can definitely see... Um, I, I think we'll see more magic, if for no other reason, than um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Because, I don't know, Doctor Strange feels more like magic, because it's like Thor, when people say like, oh, Thor stuff is magic, and I'm like, well, in that case, I guess Silver Surfer's magic, too. <laughs> Galactus is magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we do say, and, and again, I, I, I think that they're going to go that there is a science that we don't understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but the Infinity Stones are relics. Yeah, yeah. Basically, magic realm. Uh-huh. You know, we already we already saw a Damar Damar room, door, more, 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 more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So I think they've definitely opened it up, and you know, and, you know, and, uh, although I think it's very magical, and again, it's all a science we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Is Loki. Yeah, yeah. So, so Loki is even he he he's you know he's a wizard among Asgardians. Okay. And so or seemed as you know they I think they call him you know you're you're a, a wizard or an illusionist or something. But so the Loki series we're probably gonna see magic too. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I'm less skeptical about magic in the Marvel Universe these days. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and of course, the big one, and, and I think that they've, and I don't know much about her, mm-hmm. but, um, and I think she was a mutant, but I think that she got trapped in a dimension and learned magic is magic. Colossus's sister. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just trying to remember their last name, and her name's like Sonia, whatever Colossus's last name is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that stuff from like 80s, 70s, 80s X Men. <laughs> so, so I think that I think that there are going to be open a lot of doors, and one I think is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Is that they haven't come out and said it, but I really think the fans want is a Darcy Lewis Jimmy Woo series. 
Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. X Files ish. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I I feel like, like, even even if that's not what they were planning, that that might happen just because of the fact that that seems like something that so many people want is like a team up of those two. And, and you know, and and then they could come across magic things. And, oh yeah. And, and Darcy Darcy could be the scientist. She could be the Scully. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and Jimmy Wu. You know, we know he's he's. He's much more open to the supernatural, you know. He practices sure. magic tricks. Uh, <laughs> in Ant Man and the Wasp, he said, you know, that he was a uh, a youth pastor. So, you know, he's much more open to the supernatural. So, I, sure. I can see that. Um, nice. Yeah. All right. So, Dave, question for you. Not not a uh, not part of our conversation we we're having earlier. Still there, Dave? I'm here. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, he was curious if there was any Marvel property that you would like to turn into a movie that hasn't been even touched yet. So, besides the, the, the dream project of, uh, of Jimmy and Darcy, <laughs> I think um, it's really obscure, uh, And but um, next week. Ooh. Very I would cool. love to be a next wave, and, and, and I should see where you know, next wave is both you know making fun and making love to you know superheroes. <laughs> but I can see next wave uh, now that you know we we we've got uh, Rambo, you know she's <laughs> here, uh, you know we could bring in the other characters, and. I don't think they're going to do it. Here's the thing is that I think they've got a definite direction what, what they're going to do with Maria Rapa. Okay. But the, the other way is there's always these questions. The people on Next Wave just sort of change. They look the same. They look different. They dyed their hair. You know, And there's always this thing that these were false memories that were implanted on them. It was sort of hidden. And, and I would love to do that. The next thing I would love to have done and what I think to be a series that done right, but I would love to see a heroines for hire. Ooh, that'd be cool. That'd be you cool. Know, a domino, uh, um, wing, uh, uh, oh, uh, Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, take some of these, um, you know, some of these maybe less known sea. And sea level characters, and, and make them make make them mercenaries, but you know mercenaries with this sort of sense of what's good and what's right, and so they only take you know jobs, or, mm-hmm. you know moral jobs, and, and they only charge you know the, the classic trope. They only charge people what they can afford. Yeah, that's cool. That's so, cool. So, so I would love to see a, a heroine's hire. Awesome. Nice. Uh, if you had a choice, would you have any that you wanted? An animated Howard the Duck, like George Lucas should have done, so that his career didn't poop the bed because of a live-action Howard the Duck. <laughs> Mine's more of a what if. What if George Lucas had animated Howard the Duck instead of trying to do live-action and kind of making everyone go, "Don't give this guy any money." <laughs> well, like. <laughs> but it would have been nicer to get like Star Wars movies closer to each other. <laughs> uh, yeah. with, with Scott Green as uh, the voice. Oh yeah. I mean, like, even if they kind of even stuck with like the live-action movie story and animated it, it would have just been better because it was like poorly executed in live action and they could have done a lot more stuff in, in in animation and that's what it was supposed to be but someone bet George Lucas that he couldn't do it live action or he was trying to challenge himself or something dumb like that and it was just like an arbitrary choice like I'm 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 half tempted to like ask Ken Height if he didn't do something with Time Incorporated that's like why did George Lucas do this movie <laughs> <laughs> why, why was this done? <laughs> you know what would be a, a good one too is in some of if if you can do animated, you know you can do so much. 
but um, uh, Howard the Duck plays a key role in some of the early Gwenpool. <laughs> to Gwenpool and Howard. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, and, and I've only read the first uh, graphic novel. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what Gwenpool is. She's from our universe. So she gets that these are all comic book characters. And, they, you know, it's kind of like Deadpool. But, but so she told the, the one advantage she has besides that she knows, so she knows everybody's weakness and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she has this really fast learning curve. Gotcha. So she can pick up, so she can pick up how to shoot martial arts. So, <laughs> I, yeah, so, you know, uh, a Gwenpool Howard the Duck, uh, uh, I think would make a really good uh, animated series. That would that would make a pretty good animated series. I check that out. I check that out for sure. I'm, but then again, I'm I'm really liking this uh, Marvel MCU stuff. I was just talking to someone at work the other day, and uh, yeah, we uh, you know he was saying yeah you know some people may say it's a little bit poppy and stuff like that. And I'm like yeah, it's it's based off comic books and you know it's 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 meant to be it's it's meant to be like that and you know that's that's i think they're accomplishing something and they're telling a good story at the same time it's kind of like i mean this isn't what i said in the conversation but for me personally it's kind of reminding me of when cable television started telling good stories you know it started with pain cable with like stuff like the sopranos and six feet under and then it, it went to like basic cable and like you had amc with like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and that kind of stuff, and it's it, it, it's 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 like someone's taking a medium that was never expected to uh, ever expand well beyond its 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 initial reach, that being comic books, uh, which have been looked down upon for quite some time, and uh, now it's 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 like these stories are being retold in more than just one media format. Uh, you've got movies and television, which, you know, are very, very, very similar, but the storytelling, um, you know, the uh, play style that you have with television and movies is is different, and what you can get out of them and what kind of stories you can tell altogether are, I don't know, uh, similar but different. Yeah, have you seen the, the, uh, the pilot for... Uh... Uh, oh, uh, Falcon and um, uh, the Winter Soldier. Not yet, not yet. So, so I won't. I'm not gonna spoil it. But when I, say, I don't think I'll spoil it by saying this much. It's a metaphor, and it's not the way the story's going. Mm-hmm. But it is a metaphor for the way U.S. soldiers are treated yeah. when they come back, mm-hmm. and so they talk. So it's a different story, but you can see. When we're talking about financial problems and depression, it's really talking about the state of U.S. troops. Gotcha. Uh, so, the, yeah, that's just way more than anyone had a right to sort of expect that, you know, this, and it's still, but it, at the same point, it tells a good story, but it, it's much deeper than, than I think anyone thought it would be. Okay. I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. All right. Well, I have to head back over there to where I live, which is luckily just across the field over there and uh, over that fence. And then I'm back in. Oh, I'm gonna have to walk on top of the fence. It's it, luckily it's it's one of those big white stone fences, but we've got uh, goats everywhere over there still. So that's gonna be a little. All right. Well, Dave. I'll see you next time. Uh, have a safe drive back up to the farm, and you know, keep an eye out for any minions. And you know, oh, anyone who's listening, oh. we're not talking about the yellow guys in bib overalls. We're talking about the normal people in gray boiler suits. And I, I'm donating to the city. I have a couple extra Geiger counters, but I have a feeling you might. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'll make sure they find a good place uh, with uh, Public Works and uh, the mayor's office. All right, well, assuming that the entire city doesn't mutate and, you know, something strange, well, something, of course, is going to strange. It's going to happen. It's all the Yeah.
We will be seeing you people again. Yeah. Next week. Next week. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about Radio Free Oleander. It's it's not just a show about a small town. It's also a show where we talk about cool. I don't want to call it nerd stuff because I don't know. I, I was kind of called a nerd when I was a kid, and it wasn't very nice the way people said it. But nowadays, I guess it's cool to say it's nerd culture. Uh, <laughs> geek culture? I don't know what to say. We cover Star Wars. We cover Marvel. This is just your first episode here, and because you listen to Marvel 3 15 hours later, which is some people's first uh First, first episode to hear. Uh, yeah, no, we cover all kinds of stuff, and we would love to have you join us. Check the show notes on where to find us. Uh, join our Patreon. You can become a member of, you know, just just someone who lives in town, and or you know, a citizen of Oleander, or a member of the city council, or you can be a contributing member to the Oleander Book Club. And you know, since it's like an OPB drive or a, a PBS drive, uh, you'll get a you know, some uh, various gifts if you uh, subscribe to the podcast all year round. So thank you again so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Dave, do you have anything cool to say? Other than I'm just grateful that, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm grateful that this town has death laser. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. You're listening to KZOM, only on your public radio. I'm Dr. Lee Cushing. Welcome to my Chamber of Horrors. Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors is a monster rally novel in the tradition of the classic Universal and Hammer horror film. It's written by Stephen D. Sullivan, the award-winning author of White Zombie, Daikaiju Attack, Manos, The Hands of Fate, and one of the creators of the original chill role-playing game. This book recreates the thrills of the classic monster versus monster film. We've got vampires, werewolves, mummies, psychic twins, scheming madmen, and plenty of unexpected chills. Now you can get Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors in print, or for Kindle at Amazon.com and other fine retailers. Coming soon in other ebook formats. Find out more at CushingHorrors.com or SDSullivan.com and support Steve's work through Patreon at HeySteve.com. I do hope you've enjoyed your visit. Please come again. And remember, the chamber is always waiting for its next victim. Oops, did I lose you? out or he'll think it's funny and leave it in that's the way db rolls